Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. Very glad to be here today. It's Friday. We're going to open up the phone lines. Whole show today. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to go to a video here from John Bound. Did NWO use the har- uh, use harp to punish Turkey? It's a it's a conspiracy theory. A lot of people are pointing to. Uh, we'll go to it now. We'll talk about it a little bit on the other side. But here it is, John Bound. At the end of January 2023, talks between Turkish President Erdogan and the Swedish government detonated. So you will let terror organizations run wild on your avenues and streets and then expect our support for getting into NATO? That's not happening. In order to be accepted into NATO, Sweden and Finland as well needed the vote from Turkey. But talks disintegrated after a Swedish-Danish politician set fire to the Koran in front of the Turkish embassy in Stockholm. On Saturday, Rasmus Paludin, head of a far-right Danish party, held a protest in front of Turkey's embassy in Stockholm. The Swedish-Danish national set fire to the Koran. That has put Sweden's NATO application in jeopardy. Accession to the military alliance must be approved unanimously by member states, including Turkey. After Erdogan's declaration, Turkey and northern Syria were devastated by a series of earthquakes in southern Turkey, with a death toll that has reached well over 11,000 people. We are finished. My God, there is nobody here. Nobody. What kind of state is this? Turkey is no stranger to earthquakes, the majority of them occurring in the eastern and western portions of the country. But strange anomalies occurred just before the earthquakes, leading many to question whether a harp weapon may have been used to punish the Turkish government for failing to toe the line of NATO's New World Order overlords. American büyükelçisine buradan söylüyorum. Hangi gazetecilere yazı yazdırdığını biliyorum. Pis ellerini Türkiye'nin üzerinden çek. Çok net söylüyorum. Pis ellerini Türkiye'nin üzerinden çek. We've had a few guests on talking about what they believe HARP does, what they admit it does. You know, why not? And, and Trey, my producer, thought, why not get the people from HARP on? So in terms of what it is, it's a research facility to conduct research in atmosphere and radio science. Uh, what about other countries, the Russians, the Chinese, the European Union? Do they have similar programs, Doctor? The... Uh the European community has a facility in Tromso, Norway, it's part of the, what they call the IceGat community there, that, that actually was uh, a facility like HARP that has been around a lot longer than HARP. The Smithsonian is reporting, and the Daily Mail is reporting, and a bunch of other publications are reporting. China and Russia are working together to heat the atmosphere for weather control using large antenna arrays on the ground directed by satellites in space. This is 
weather modification on a global scale. In fact, these programs are so large and so all-encompassing. That all right, folks, that is the latest from John Bown. Uh, of course, we know that weather modification programs are out there in operation here in America and China and uh, elsewhere around the world. And of course, we know that earthquake machines have been a possibility, if not a reality, since at least the 1890s with Tesla inventing it. I do want to remind you of a very interesting earthquake that occurred oh, a couple decades or a decade ago or so, Fukushima. Remember, Fukushima triggered Germany's nuclear phase out. Not only did it happen just at the right time for Germany to, it was during a German election where they were deciding between a pro nuclear or anti nuclear candidate. Fukushima happens, earthquake, nuclear disaster. They've moved away from nuclear power, which has, of course, set the stage for the current disaster for energy there in Germany, as well as getting Angela Merkel elected, which started the whole uh, migrant crisis. Earthquakes can be extremely useful tools if you know how to uh, apply them correctly. We'll be back with your Daily Dispatch. Don't go anywhere. It's Friday, February 10th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this wartime dispatch. We are rapidly entering an extremely dangerous phase, the phase in which all of the plans of the globalists are starting to unravel. And if there's one thing we know about the globalists from just our observations of their psychology is they don't like when things unravel. They would rather do literally anything than let their plans be waylaid for even a single moment. They released COVID just to stop Donald Trump from getting elected again. What won't they do? This comes as Vladimir Putin issues a speech he calls approaching the precipice. Yes, ominous warnings across the board here at InfoWars. We'll get into all of it. We're going to open up the uh, phone lines for your calls today. We'll do that early and keep your calls coming in throughout the show as we don't have a guest right now. So you are our guests. Lots of videos to show you as well. Lots of stuff going on uh, in politics. And we'll focus on that a little bit, but largely we'll focus on uh, much bigger issues going on around the world. And we have a pretty uh, extended daily dispatch today, so let's just get into it. Here it is, your daily dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your daily dispatch for Friday, the 10th of February, 2023. New Jersey Councilman Russell Heller shot dead just a week after the slaying of Eunice Dwumfer, a New Jersey Municipal Council member was shot dead in his car Wednesday, exactly a week after the unsolved slaying of Councilwoman Eunice Dwumfer. Russell Heller, 51, was found dead just after 7 a.m. in the Somerset parking lot of PSENG, the local energy company where the Milford Republican worked. Cops quickly ID'd a former employee, Gary Curtis, 58, as a suspect and found him dead in his car from a suspected self-inflicted gunshot. Wound around three and a half hours after the slaying. The councilman's murder came exactly a week after Sayerville Councilwoman Dwumfer, also a Republican, was gunned down in her SUV outside of her home around 15 miles away. Her murder remains unsolved. Authorities have not linked the crimes, and the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office insisted that Heller's murder appeared to be an isolated incident and was not related to his effect uh, to his elected office or political infil- uh, affiliation. But they don't actually know that uh, for sure. They just, you know, 
they just don't want to, anybody to get any any narrative ideas. I mean, you can only be told that it's a dangerous MAGA extremist Republicans are the ones committing violence in this country. I mean, you you can only have so many Republicans murdered openly for their political beliefs before that lie starts to come untenable. Maybe we just maybe we need to go through it again. Maybe we need to go through just just the last year or so of democratic violence, just open terrorism, just multiple people murdered outright for being Republican, people in office, people who are just activists, people who are walking down the street knocking on doors for Marco Rubio, just viciously attacked and sometimes murdered and then called terrorists and investigated by the FBI. Pretty incredible stuff. And we'll get more into that a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, this has uh, been a big story. I just think kind of funny and probably not true if I had to guess. But Elon Musk fires a top Twitter engineer over his declining view count. For weeks now, Elon Musk has been preoccupied with worries about how many people are seeing his tweets. Last week, the Twitter CEO took his Twitter account private for a day to test whether that might boost the size of his audience. The move came after several prominent right-wing accounts that Musk interacts with complained that recent changes to Twitter had reduced their reach. On Tuesday, Musk gathered a group of engineers and advisors into a room at Twitter's headquarters looking for answers. Why are his engagement numbers tanking? This is ridiculous, he said, according to multiple sources with direct knowledge of the meeting. I have more than 100 million followers, and I'm only getting tens of thousands of impressions. Yeah, kind of a big problem. That's kind of a big issue. Tens of millions of followers, but you get a fraction of a percentage of that actually seeing your tweets. That's an issue with the algorithm. But, of course, the way this is painted is as if he's like, I'm, I'm not popular anymore. You, you're fired. <laughs> like, that's not what's happening. He's talking about the failure of Twitter to perform its function and fired the person in charge of that function. So hope we cleared that up. Uh, meanwhile, Chinese space lasers. Yeah, they're not Jewish, so we can talk about these. Hawaii green laser beam, not from NASA's ICE Satellite 2 Atlas, but China's DACI-1 ACDL. In fact, we have videos of this. Clip three, show the lights shining down from uh, Chinese satellites near Hawaii. They're inc- it's incredibly creepy looking. You can see them here if you're a television viewer. You've got to go to band.video. If you're not, but there they are, the green lasers shining across the fog like a barcode scanner almost. Incredibly creepy stuff. Now, it seems to me that that would ha- – I mean that's either – I don't know. I mean it looks like it would have to be a, an array of satellites spraying something down like that. I guess they, those all could be coming from the same point if it was high enough. Uh, but incredibly creepy. Last week, green lights were spotted in Hawaii, and previous reports claimed it was from NASA. However, a new report suggests it's impossible that the ominous laser beams were from the American Space Agency due to the trajectory of satellites. This was on January 28th. Bizarre green lights on full display in the skies of Hawaii. Initially, the uh, experts at the National Astronomical Observatory of Japan, which co-owns the camera, announced on Twitter that the source was a radar device of an orbiting satellite, which is owned by NASA. The satellite keeps an eye on the thickness of Earth's sea ice, ice sheets, and forests. However, on February 6th, the new report came from the NAOJ. After they uploaded the footage of the laser beam, they apologized and said based on the trajectory, the source of the laser beam was unlikely NASA. Again, I, I, I tweeted this out, but it's going to be very interesting when you know, space lasers are actually and openly deployed in warfare and everybody acts like 
we all knew that there were Jewish space lasers the whole time. Everybody knows that's totally normal and obvious that that's the case, right? I'd love. I would love if Israel was the first to like deploy this. They destroy some Iran nuclear site with a uh, satellite-mounted direct energy weapon. It's like, oh, you mean Jewish space lasers? That's the thing that you kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene off the off the uh, committees for talking about. Yeah, they're real, folks, and most major countries have them. Lasers from the sky. Meanwhile, FBI says leaked memo showing they're monitoring radical traditionalist Catholics was not up to their exacting standards. Can you believe this? They actually say their standards are exacting. A leaked FBI memo showing the agency was monitoring, quote, radical traditional Catholics due to their political and religious views was not up to the FBI's exacting standards, the agency announced Thursday. In other words, they got caught. But this is what happens when the FBI, our federal law enforcement agency, relies almost exclusively on explicitly partisan and even ethnic supremacist groups for their information. They don't do most of their own research. Most of their own most of the research that the FBI relies on, you know, the people with the guns and the badges and the infinite authority that can override even you know, local offices and then demand secrecy under the claim of national security. Those people are being directed by the ADL and the SPLC more than anything. And the SPLC and the ADL call people like Catholics dangerous because they believe in God and the Bible and Jesus Christ. So what exactly are your exacting standards again? That's just we got to we got to do something about this. And, and we'll cover that a little bit later. I want to finish out with, with a pair of stories. Just to illustrate to you once again how utterly ruthless, heartless, despicable our entire establishment is. Okay? Two stories. First one's this. No room for the dead as cemeteries in earthquake hit Turkey and Syria fill up. So many dead there. There's no more room to bury them. The freshly dug graves are marked with blank headstones. Only pieces of cloth gathered from the clothing's victim to identify them. From the victim's clothing to identify them, the frayed ends of cloth blow slightly in the frigid air. Absolutely devastating beyond anything I can remember in my life. Uh, Meanwhile, an opinion from the Washington Post says, do not lift sanctions on Syria to help earthquake victims. Don't do it. Don't lift the sanctions to help the earthquake victims. Don't do anything to help the people that are suffering under this massive natural disaster. The innocent people who have had their lives utterly and totally destroyed their families killed don't help them it's more important that we punish syria for something i mean syria must have done something right i mean you wouldn't treat people like this for no reason would you introducing our new incredible supplement line InfoWars md now in 60 seconds it's hard to tell you how incredible these products are but All of these products are already sold on store shelves under other brand names for up to twice the cost we're selling it to you. These are high-end. These are the very best. You know our body's ultimate turmeric formula is amazing? Well, guess what? We now have turmeric 95 that's basically the same formula for a lower price. CBD oil of the highest quality, up to 50% less than major competitors selling the exact high-quality, full-spectrum CBD. And it goes on for all the new InfoWars MD products at InfoWarsStore.com. 
the highest quality directly from the manufacturer to your door at prices up to 50%, in some cases 100% lower than what they're sold for in stores. InfoWarsMD at InfoWarsStore.com. Anything of real quality, anything of lasting durability, anything that's really satisfying and empowering and fulfilling is going to be hard to attain. And when it comes to information, boy, is that true today. We see the entire global corrupt anti-human depopulation Great Reset Combine trying to collapse our society to build on its ashes their, their transhumanist nightmare vision, suppressing the voices of good people all around the world and of doctors and scientists and engineers that are exposing all their lies, their COVID hysteria, their world's going to end in 2030, carbon tax, global warming bull, all of it. And none of it can succeed. None of it can actually be carried out unless everybody is silenced and gaslit. And that's why truth comes with hard work and with research and with diligence. And that's why it's hard to share InfoWars links and band out video links. That's why we've got to share them now more than ever. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, here's a story that makes the title of our show today. CDC adds COVID-19 vaccinations to immunization schedule for children and adults. The guidance formula, uh, formula, formalizes current recommendations and does not mandate vaccines. It does do a number of other things. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention added COVID-19 vaccinations for children's, adolescents, and adults to its immunization schedule. These updates reflect current agency recommendations. Adding them formula, formalizes that guidance for healthcare providers and schools. The CDC's vaccination schedule released Thursday does not mandate vaccines. States and localities determine which vaccines schools require for students, and all 50 states have medical exemptions for vaccines. Some states also have non-medical vaccine exemptions for religious and philosophical reasons. The CDC recommends that healthy children six months to four years old receive a primary series of two doses of the Moderna or Pfizer BioNTech monovalent COVID-19 vaccine, followed by a third dose of a bivalent uh, vaccine. That might be what the CDC recommends. Uh, I recommend we get rid of the CDC. I recommend you do nothing that they suggest until they prove themselves worthy of our trust obviously more and more is coming out about the negative effects of the covid vaccine but that's not slowing down their mission to get it into the arms of literally every single person in the world we actually have a comment on this from the cdc director now she's lying in this she's not telling the truth she's coming up with fake numbers that don't reflect reality But these are the numbers that she's using to justify adding it to the immunization schedule. Of course, if you don't know, adding it to the immunization schedule puts it under a law that was passed in the 1980s, courtesy of Dr. Anthony Fauci, that essentially says if your uh, vaccine is on the immunization schedule, you can't be held liable for its effects. So it's a, a shield, a blanket legal shield over this vaccine now that it's been added to the schedule despite the fact that again more and more information is coming out about 
A, just how dangerous this vaccine is, especially to younger people. B, that it not only doesn't stop you from getting the virus, transmitting the virus, the virus mutating and then, you know, coming up with a new strain inside of you. It actually increases the likelihood that not only will you get the disease, but that you'll get a more severe version of the disease or your attack of the disease will be more likely to be deadly or just worse overall. It doesn't just not do anything. It would be it would actually be better if this was just saline or like bleach or something like uh, anything other than what it actually is. But none of that really matters to them because they're not concerned about stopping diseases at all, like even a little bit. Just like the people who tell you to eat bugs and live in a pod don't actually care about climate change. Just like the people who open our border and then kick down the door of Catholic fathers of seven don't actually care about domestic terror or crime or safety in this country. We're being run by people who hate us, whose plans all universally make us worse, uh, weaker, sicker, less peaceful, less cohesive, less united. That's not an accident. It would be one thing if the occasional hiccup meant that things didn't go quite right. You got to start asking questions when literally everything they do makes everything worse. You've got to, like, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. We can't keep doing this. It can't go on. Let's go to clip number two here. Uh, CDC Director Walensky. Is is anybody, I mean, is there like a Wario version of this? Uh, Every time I hear Walensky, I just picture like, uh, Waluigi and Wario and then like their even more evil older sister who runs the CDC. Let's go now to uh, this uh, second video. CDC director Walensky falsely tells Congress that there have been 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID-19. Very low number, still not even as low as it should be. Let's watch. So, I mean, how do you view the cost benefit of scheduling brand new bivalent booster shots for this age group? You know, considering the children are at very low risk from COVID-19, 75% 75% of children have already caught the virus, and the, and the vaccine is known to do pretty little to, to prevent transmission in this age group. I'm really grateful that you asked that question so I can correct the record here so that everybody understands. First of all, we've had 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID-19. It's the number one respiratory and infectious killer um, that was just published last week in JAMA. So um, less infect, less uh, deadly than an, in, to an 80-year-old, but still deadly for a pediatric infection. The important thing I think that's really uh, that we need to recognize is the reason that ACIP recommended and CDC put forward getting the COVID-19 vaccine on the pediatric schedule is not, it was only because it it was the only way it could be covered in our Vaccines for Children's program. It was the only way that our uninsured children would be able to have access to the vaccines. That was the reason to put it on the schedule. It can't be eligible for Vaccines for Children's program to be available to the uninsured unless it is on that schedule. That was the reason to put it there. Thank you for allowing me to correct that. Mm -hmm. So there she gives the reason to put it on the uh, immunization vaccine uh, Schedule is so that people who are uninsured can get it. We got to get it into uh, everyone. Again, it's like she doesn't even hear the information that's presented to her, right? That 75% of kids have already gotten the disease, which means they already have the antibodies, which means they don't need to be vaccinated anyway. And she says 2,000 kids have died of COVID-19. It's not true. I mean, the... 
the largest number I've heard, and even this is up for debate, is 793 people under the age of 18. So, of course, the older you are, the more likely you are to get it and die from it. But little kids are the ones that are subjected to the immunization schedule. You're giving this to five-year-olds despite the fact I don't think there's been a single kid with – especially not one with – uh, without massive and you know uh, pre-existing conditions that are the actual cause of their death, maybe a complication with COVID or like they got COVID in addition to being just massively sick otherwise. I was just looking back because again, you know, this stuff just it it goes so uh, everything goes so quickly. It's like. You know, you just read something that's like some study where it's like not a single child has ever died of COVID-19 and then it's just like gone the next day. So I'm going back trying to find some of these headlines that I remember. CDC data shows suicide, overdoses, and flu all kill more children than COVID-19. This is at least from uh, September of 21. Uh, CDC's new preliminary COVID death by age data shows less child deaths to COVID than a typical flu season. But they're doing it. They're just doing it. Protect yourself. Protect your children. Keep these people away from their blood. <laughs> keep, keep anybody in power away from your children's blood. It's 2023, and these are the things we have to worry about. It's just, it's just wild. I mean, they really are just doing everything uh, regardless of facts, reality, humanity. What's best for all of us, the earth. I mean, it's just, it's whatever they want to do. It's whatever the hell they want to do. We have so much to talk about. We're going to open up the phone lines nice and early today. Take your calls. Lots of videos uh, to show you coming up as well. So stay tuned. We're going to get into uh, the earthquake, COVID, the political nonsense. It's all coming up. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself, the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us, and that's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com, and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life, while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, folks, we're going to keep talking about COVID here for a little bit, COVID and the, the vaccines as they all form just various aspects of one singular criminal conspiracy took place, bringing in all together the, the various agencies that run our country from the medical authorities and the federal government to their bosses at the 
uh, big pharma corporations to the media that helped to spread their message and silence anybody else's to big tech who of course censored anybody that tried to stand up against them to of course the supranational organizations like the who as they usurped national sovereignty unto themselves without even bothering to suggest that they have some legitimacy to it right they they can't actually point and go well look we took charge of this and things got better it's it's never happened so yeah it's it's a conspiracy i i don't know um how many times we have to say this how many times we have to define conspiracy for everybody but that's exactly what's happening some of the uh, threads to this horrific affair are being pulled now by some of the republicans in charge showing you once again that elections really can have an effect here in america as destroyed and infiltrated and subverted as we are look at what happens when congress gets majority republicans things actually start happening now i'm not satisfied with anything's happening it's a start they're talking about things that need to be done but the talking is is a start it's the way it gets going and so there are lots of videos from the last few days of this first we'll go to clip number eight here this is an exchange with um the nih a director of the nih now i remind you that the chief uh bioethicist of the nih is the wife of dr anthony fauci so when you talk about corruption and collusion it's to the level of wedlock Right, the person overseeing the bioethics at NIH that Anthony Fauci was running was his wife. Maybe that's how things got so bad. But I thought this exchange was uh, excellent. Clip number eight, this happened uh, two days ago on the 8th of February. Let's watch. All right, Dr. Tabak, you've been with NIH since 2000. Do you believe that Stanford Medical School, Oxford, and Harvard hire, quote, fringe medical professors? It depends on the individual professor. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, the reason that I ask is because on October 8th of 2020, you were CC'd on an email from the then head of NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, uh, to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, I'm going to refresh your memory on the contents of this email. It says, hi, Tony and Cliff. This proposal, citing the Great Barrington uh, Declaration, from the three fringe epidemiologists who met with the secretary seemed to be getting a lot of attention, and even a co-signature from Nobel Prize winner Mike Levitt at Stanford. There needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Signed, Francis. Again, you were CC'd on this email. Yes or no, Dr. Tabak, did you communicate with Dr. Collins, with you about these doctors or the Great Barrington Declaration, other than when emailing Dr. Fauci? I have no recollection of speaking to him about that. Hmm. Yes or no? Are you aware of other instances where either Dr. Collins or Dr. Fauci plan to have the media publish articles to discredit other scientists or doctors during the COVID-19 pandemic? I'm not aware of any such instance. Of course. 
Now, as Deputy Ethics Counselor at NIH, aren't there ethical concerns about using the U.S. government to silence scientific speech, particularly peer-reviewed speech? When the stakes are so high, right, as they were during the height of COVID-19, shutting down economies, keeping kids in schools, increased rates of mental illness, addiction, suicide, et cetera. And now, of course, we know that the collusion between Twitter and the Biden administration has come to light. Does that not concern you? I'm unaware of any collusion. Um, I know there's ongoing litigation. Oh, you know what? Oh, that's, that's good. So I'm I glad I'm going so to, I'm going to enlighten you then. So just a few months after that email, this email that you were CC'd on between Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Fauci, you have records of this, and I'm sure there are others. Just a few months after that, Twitter was directed by the Biden administration to deplatform multiple scientific accounts, doctors, Nobel Prize winners. They went so far as on March 14th, 2021, in internal communications between top Twitter executives and the Biden administration to say, we are very angry. The Biden administration needs a push to deplatform these multiple accounts. These deplatforming of accounts were, of course, related to the great uh, Barrington Declaration. And they said, according to the Biden administration, to Twitter, that not enough had been done to silence these doctors. Dr. Tobik, did did you provide Dr. Collins with any ethical counsel or advice on this matter? This is a subject of ongoing litigation, and I, I can't comment on anything related to the social platform. Who else at NIH did you talk to about the Great Barrington Declaration and its authors? I don't recall speaking to anybody about that at NIH, quite frankly. Okay. I I know I'm running low on time, but I will say this. Contrary to some of the comments that have been made here today, and we're not going to get to the bottom of this in 53 seconds, but contrary to the comments of some of my colleagues today, actually just now, apologizing to you all for before appearing before this committee, saying that we're taking you away from your primary responsibility. You have a responsibility to appear before this committee, just as we have a constitutional responsibility for oversight. That is our duty to the American people. If I were you, I would clear your schedule. This will come to light. I appreciate you all being Again, it's, it's a good start. It's a good start. These people think they're going to get away with it. It is hilarious. Drawing you away from your important business of silencing dissenters and poisoning the world, causing us to have the most unhealthy society in human history under your tenure for the last several decades. Let's go now to this video. This is a Swiss banker named Pascal Najati. Uh, And it's good to see people in high positions of power actually recognize this sort of stuff. Let's go to clip number 15 now. Uh, yeah, and the media, I'm sorry to say, they helped the psychosis. And uh, during the pandemic, it was a complete play-up. It was a complete craziness. People, uh, every day you had these statements. And people were scared to death. Well, the message was it's safe and effective. It's safe and yeah, effective. Yeah, do it. Safe and effective. And being tested, which is not true. Do you see a lot of disappointment in your environment about people who have got vaccinated? Then? They don't talk about it. They don't talk to me. Since weeks. I've got some really good friends. They hug me and they say, well done. This is good for the community. But many, 
not phone call, no email, nothing, no SMS. Silence. Because I think they're shocked themselves because they cannot admit that they made a mistake themselves, trusting the Minister of Health. I made this mistake, I trusted him. I admit it, I'm injected three times, my wife, my mother. I have no problems admitting that. It's nothing to do with intelligence. It was a program from all channels. Go and vaccinate. It's safe, effective, been tested. We are in Switzerland. We are not in Malaysia. So, what to say? Uh, I want to encourage everybody to learn how to think the thought, to analyze themselves the facts. It's not me telling them, go to the police station to everybody. No, I'm, I have no authority for that kind of call. I have no motivation to create a movement. I'm not politically uh, motivated. Zero. Also no damages. I didn't ask for any damages. I mean, money. I want justice. And if my fellow compatriots can realize... Again, folks, it's a start. We'll do more videos on the other side. I've got some good news, ladies and gentlemen. After over two years of being sold out, Ultimate Bone Broth is now back in stock and updated even stronger at InfoWarsStore.com. Concentrated bone broth from chickens, chaga mushroom, and so many other amazing ingredients like turmeric and bee pollen. Learn about the effects and what it does for your body at InfoWarsStore.com because it is the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. The, the bone broth. The, the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. What in the world? Mm. But now with the milk, I was like, whoa, this has milk in it. Whoa. It tastes like good. Man, this tastes so good. Mm. Tastes like the best milkshake ever. The best milkshake ever. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. Like good. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. It's really almost impossible to wrap your mind around just how universal this attack has been. We're going to go to another clip here. This is. Um, Rand Paul grilling the State Department, really just exposing how the State Department created the coronavirus. 
It's wild. And you might want to take a pen out here and be, be taking notes because he helps to sort of draw the, the tangled web that's being weaved in the background. But here are just the, some of the headlines about what's going on uh, today. You've got CDC ads, COVID-19 vaccinations to immunization schedule for children. Like maybe, maybe I should save this for the end because, you know, the point is that, like, they don't have any proof that any of this is positive or good or effective. They're still putting it on the immunization schedule. You've got places like uh, New York finally rolling back their Max uh, Vax mandate. New York City ends Vax mandate for city employees. Claims only 4% of workers held out to the bitter end. Again, we've known that this is ineffective, nonsensical, pointless, stupid. Uh, for years now, every week it seems there's some new study that, again, just illustrates just how unscientific these mandates are. You also had, I believe it was yesterday, perhaps the day before, yeah, February 8th, uh, by a vote of 227 to 201, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to finally end the COVID vaccine mandate for visitors arriving by air to the United States. So 201 Democrats, all of them, voted to continue to mandate the vaccine for anybody coming into America. A little ironic, obviously, when you have quarter million people a month passing over the southern border with absolutely no documentation, with absolutely no requirements or restrictions whatsoever. But that's beside the point. The point is that even months and months and months after the need, supposed need for vaccines, they are still pushing to mandate it. This has nothing to do with the virus. Absolutely nothing to do with the virus. It has everything to do with control, with using the fear created by an emergency to accrue unto themselves more power to take control over aspects of your life. Singapore's large rise in heart deaths points to potential vaccine cause. And we have more, but let's go to Rand Paul here. Here's Dr. Paul exposing the State Department lies about the funding of -of gain-of-function research in China. Again, as he, as he talks about this, just, just picture all the, all the death, all the chaos, all the misery, all the mental illness caused by all the schools being shut down, all the losses in learning, all of the just pain and suffering and misery, pounds gained by people because they couldn't walk. That will eventually cause you know, other different medical issues, just irreparable damage across the entire earth. In part by the virus they created, in part from the vaccine that they fabricated, in part because of the lies that they told about all of it. But this is a program. It's an attack. It's not an accident. It's not innocent. It's not just going on. These are decisions that are being made by evil people with evil intentions for a whole you know, array of you know, positives in their mind, things that they want to have happen, control that they want to grab, but they need an excuse to do it. Here's Rand Paul talking about how it all got started. Mr. Sherman, it's estimated that between uh, 5 and uh, 18 million people died from COVID-19 worldwide. To a significant number of scientists, the evidence suggests that this originated from a lab leak in Wuhan. Does the State Department fund coronavirus research in China? 
Do we fund coronavirus? I don't believe so, but I don't know. I'll double-check, and we'll get back to you on that, Senator. The answer is yes, you do. And it's been going on for more than a decade, and it's done through a program called PREDICT and then the Global Virome. And why this is important is we had a million Americans die, and we really haven't had any discussion of this. No hearings, nothing. People are unaware that they're even funding the research. We found out recently through the House unclassified report that money is going from the NIH to American universities, to the, um, uh, uh, the Academy of Military Medical Sciences Research in China. We are subcontracting money and sending it over, but millions is coming from the State Department. So the idea is this. We will identify all the viruses in the world. We'll be safer because we identified them. But here's the question. Are we safer to have some guy or some woman crawling down a cave 10 hours away from Wuhan, coming up with bat guano, coming up with viruses, and bringing it to a city of 15 million like Wuhan. This is what's been going on for a decade. It's a setup for an accident. It's a setup for a mistake. And nobody's doing anything about it. We continue to fund it. The main group that's been getting this money is EcoHealth Alliance, over $100 million, a lot of it through the State Department. They continue to get money. They don't file the reports on time. They didn't stop their experiments. And yet we reward them with more money. Fifteen million people died, and we haven't done a thing about it. Nobody seems to care. We're not even sure we fund it. The State Department's a big funder of this project. It's a multi-decade-long project, but there are scientists, as we speak, from Stanford, from MIT, from prestigious universities around the country. These are not partisans. Most of them are not Republicans who stand up and say, oh, my God, what are we doing? bringing these viruses from remote bat caves to major metropolitan areas and with no controls over this. So we've been asking for information from the State Department because we want to know more about this. U.S. Right to Know has been sending FOIA requests for two and a half years, and they don't get anything. So, Mr. Chairman, I've sent two letters. Some of them are six months old now, and we get a, you know, whatever. We're not going to give you any information. What I would hope for is that we could have – people always talk about bipartisanship – could we not get bipartisan support for records? This is not partisan. We want to know what the U.S. State Department is funding. NIH resists our, our requests on their funds. The two things that we know for certain that have led us to believe this came from the lab that are big came because one was leaked, and this was a DARPA request. So the Chinese researchers in China wanted from DARPA money to create a virus that, guess what, looks exactly like COVID-19. They asked for it in 2018. We turned them down. Fortunately, we did the right thing for once. We turned them down. That doesn't mean they didn't do the research. And so many scientists at an aha moment, they saw this and they said, oh, my goodness, they asked for money to create something that looks almost exactly what we got. So in nature, you do not have coronaviruses that infect people that have what is called a furin cleavage site. Chinese said, give us money. We're going to stick a furin cleavage site to allow it to infect humans more. We found out that not because you let us know or not because the NIH let us know. They still resist. This is top secret. This is classified. This is a whole problem of classification, but it's also to cover up things. So we don't know anything about the 28 thing, but we had an illegal leak that went to somebody in the media that's now public that said the Chinese wanted to create a virus just like COVID-19 in 2018. The other thing we know is three researchers in the Wuhan lab, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, got very sick with flu-like symptoms similar to COVID in November. We only know that, though, because the Trump administration on the way out declassified it. So 
we have to get over all the classification. We also have to be more forthcoming. And I'm hoping the chairman will consider looking at our requests. These are not partisan. We want to know all the information about funding of research in China. We want to know the interactions. There were cables going back and forth between the State Department saying, holy cow, they're not wearing gloves. They don't wear masks and doing this research. They're doing it in what's called a BSL-2 as opposed to a BSL-4. Most of the research that we think escaped was not done in the appropriate lab. And the State Department knew about it, but we've had no hearings about this. They refused to give us information. 15 million people died, a million American died, and you won't give us information. So what I would ask is look at our request. This isn't partisan. This should be about discovering the origins of this. The scientific community is about 50-50 now, and I would hope that we, we suspect the Chinese of not being honest and withholding information, but it's sad that the U.S. government is withholding information from its representatives. Uh, I'll take back your request again, Senator. I would urge uh, a briefing perhaps in a skiff with the intelligence community on this, um, mm, because as you know, uh, there is not a single view uh, about this particular set of issues, uh, but I understand your desire to understand what occurred. We're asking you for unclassified information that you hold, not intel. I understand that. So again, they want to take it into a, a skiff. It's highly classified. National security, after all. We can't just uh, tell you this stuff. And, of course, if you know, Dr. Andrew Huff uh, revealed, whistleblower revealed that his boss, uh, Peter Daszak, actually met with the CIA as head of EcoHealth Alliance to see what they could do from for them. You know, the CIA, the same ones that helped to carry out the uh, Nord Stream pipeline attack. You know, like, we were being run, sabotaged, attacked, murdered, genocided by a cabal of Spies, essentially, that operate in the CIA. It's as serious as you can possibly imagine. And we told you about all of it before it ever happened because this has been their plan for decades. Go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. Keep us on the air. We'll take your calls in the next hour. Don't go anywhere, folks. InfoWarsStore.com. It's your last chance to get the Alex Jones is Right emergency sale. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. And that's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. You're watching The American Journal. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. Uh, second hour here at American Journal has begun. Yeah, I woke up this morning and uh, power was out in our entire neighborhood. A little weird. Last week the power went out, but it was because there was a giant ice storm and there were just trees falling all over the entire city. So it sort of made sense, right? The infrastructure isn't weatherized for that 
occurrence, so it goes down for a little while, but it gets back up pretty quick. I don't know what happened today, though. I'm wondering if this is just something we need to start getting used to. I wonder if just our basic infrastructure, literally our ability to keep the lights on, is going the way of uh, South Africa. Actually, we have some headlines about South Africa right now, but it seems like everything's just just getting worse, right? I mean, sure, the government takes like half your money in taxes, but hey, who else is going to pay for the um, you know interracial uh, gender swapped uh, update to Shakespeare, right? Who's going to pay for the community center or whatever they're doing? Like, well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the government's doing with all of our money except for bombing the hell out of third world countries tens of thousands of miles away and uh, creating viruses in labs, paying off the vaccine injured. But the roads are terrible and the electricity isn't staying on. And also our basic infrastructure and our very lives are now in the hands of diversity hires. Yeah, maybe that's a little, it's not, it's not politically correct to say. It might be a little bit rude. But um, I like getting on a plane and not dying in it. I like living in a first world country that you can trust the basic infrastructure of. That's not the case anymore. And a very scary occurrence happened here in Austin. Just a few days ago, I was going to cover this, but I was waiting for some sort of investigation into it so I could actually get the full story. It hasn't come out yet. Nobody's even touched on it. But a video has come out. So we're going to go to this now. Uh, it's clip number 18. This happened uh, just a few days ago here in Austin Airport. Two planes were within maybe a second or so of a massive collision that would have killed every single person on board. Uh, let's go ahead and watch this video, and we'll cover it on the other side. Here's uh, clip number 18. There's a land one left at a... 1432 you, you can uh, take the audio down. I didn't listen to the audio. I just watched the um, video, so I don't know if there's a. And it's just the it's the tower. So here you see on the tarmac a Southwest Airlines flight taxiing to a runway, while simultaneously a FedEx delivery plane attempts to land on that very same runway. There are the uh, Southwest Airlines taxiing. Here comes the uh, FedEx airplane. So, I mean, this happens hundreds of times a day in airports all over the United States. So tens of thousands of times a day do you have a carefully coordinated dance going on with planes taking off and landing. And all it takes is one little mistake, one little, you know, misattributed runway number or something. There's probably 200 people in that Southwest airline plane, and here comes the uh, FedEx one. Now, luckily, the FedEx air... uh, you know, pilot at this point realizes what's going on and decides to abort the landing and pull up. But it got within about 75 feet of the Southwest airplane who had no idea it was going on and then took off. So thank God for the quick thinking of the uh, FedEx pilot to avoid that catastrophe. I can't believe we actually got video of this. But you can expect this to happen a lot more. And you may remember just a few years ago, 
when uh, the Obama administration decided to add diversity requirements to the uh, air traffic control system run by the federal government. So, sure, you got a lot of diversity now, and maybe you die in a, in a giant fireball, but um, it's our strength. Diversity is our strength, though. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm Harrison Smith. We're going to take your phone calls throughout the next two hours. No guests today, just the American people. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines right now. The number to dial is one 789 2539 That's one 789 2539 Give us a call here at American Journal. Now, we covered it uh, just in the last segment. The very, very near disaster that occurred here at the Austin airport just a couple days ago. Where uh, just a single mistake, just a little slip up. Everybody makes mistakes. But if you're an air traffic controller, that mistake could kill hundreds of people. So, you know, if I'm designing a civilization that actually cares about its people, my primary concern would be getting the best and most meritorious people in those positions. Extremely high stress. They're extremely, you know, high – just high le- high level technical knowledge necessary, but I and I don't know if everybody remembers, but it's actually an act um, from Obama that opened up that extremely high level, very important position of air traffic controller to a diversity quotas, meaning that the competency and capability of the people doing the directing of trafficking it came second to. Uh, other concerns, getting the right percentage of a type of person in that position. Has this helped people? Sure, maybe, I guess, possibly, definitely hurt people. There are definitely people that were not of the correct immutable aspects of their physical appearance that are missing out on jobs now. And hey, maybe a couple hundred people have to die in a major accident. But it's a small price to pay, I think, for uh, not being morally castigated by a biased media, right? I mean, that's the benefit here. Obama-era FAA hiring rules place diversity ahead of airline safety, attorney tells Tucker Carlson. And you can act like this is like opposing this as some sort of racist thing as if there are still people in this country – they're just like, I don't care if he's a good traffic air traffic controller. I don't want a black guy ordering my airplane around. It's like – or you can just hire the best people for the job. Or you can just do the thing that is required to keep this entire country functioning. That's not what's happening. And we're, we're going down the path now. We're on the road. We're on the road to South Africa. It's like a road trip except it's the entire country being destroyed. Here's what's happening in South Africa right now. South Africa is now officially in a state of disaster due to our collapsing electrical grid, as per our president, letting the looting, let the looting begin. Here's a statement from yesterday, February 9th, Disaster Management Act 2002. 
uh, declaration of national state of disaster, impact of severe electricity supply constraint, considering the magnitude, severity, and progression of the severe electricity supply constraint and the substantial impact caused by severe electricity supply constraint and following the classification of this electricity supply constraint by the head of the National Disaster Management Center as a national uh, state of disaster to prevent the possible progression to a total blackout from occurring and taking into account the possibility to augment existing measures already undertaken by the organs of state to deal with the electricity supply constraint. Yes, they're in... um, South Africa, which used to be sort of paralleled to any other first world country like America or Australia, until they went full rainbow nation diversity priority. Now they literally can't keep the lights on. They're having to enact emergency measures to avoid just no longer being an electrified country, just reverting back to its state in, I don't know, when was the last time South Africa was not electrified? The early 1800s probably? Something like that. (laughs) We can't keep the lights on here. It's just this is going to continue happening. It's not going to get any better, right? It's one of the major issues with liberalism. There's no reversing of these policies. Once they're in place, they're just in place. Transgenderism is a good place to start, right? Because the beginning you had – well, it wasn't an issue. It was a non-issue. It just – you. Girls were in the girls' bathroom, boys were in the boys' bathroom. That worked for about, I don't know, 20, 30 centuries or so uh, until a couple years ago when they decided that it was uh, unconscionable. We can't allow this to continue. We had to let men into the women's bathroom for some reason. Now at the time, there were people that were saying this is just asking for trouble. This isn't a real issue, but you're going to cause issues. There's going to be weirdos that use this as an excuse to spy on girls and get into girls bathrooms for their own perverted interest and you're just you're opening the door to these people sure maybe you know the occasional trans person feels validated uh, validated in their delusion and that that makes them feel good when they use the bathroom in public great is that really something you're willing to sacrifice your daughters for and this, of course, was cat was cast aside and told that this was bigoted and hateful when, again, the, the argument wasn't trans people are rapists, so they're going to – no, no, it was that you're opening the door for this. It's like saying I'm going to – you know, saying I don't think we should leave the door unlocked because someone could break in and steal stuff. And you're just like, wow, you hate our neighbors? It's like, no, you just don't want to give them the opportunity. You just want to protect yourself because why wouldn't you? And then, of course – it did happen. It's happened over and over. It's probably happened more times than we could ever know because the people who are in favor of the transgender movement um, hide this sort of stuff. You know, a girl goes into a bathroom at high school and gets raped by a boy wearing a dress who's in there, as happened in Loudoun County. And as we saw in Loudoun County, the school board and even the police will help to cover it up. They'll make sure that that story doesn't get out because they care more about their agenda than they do about the safety of the students themselves. And so this happens sort of over and over. And in the last year, there's probably a dozen or so instances of just men going into locker rooms, exposing themselves to children, just you know, perving on children, just, just being creepy and weird and like not even attempting to be transgender. I mean, it's just, just blatant sexual abuse by men that are then protected by the state and rewarded with hundreds of thousands of dollars in their GoFundMe campaign. And then if you try to protest them, Antifa will come and 
you know, break a fire extinguisher over your head and then the police will arrest you for daring to commit a hate crime on a public street. I mean, there's no ability for them to go, all right, you know what? We tried this, turned out not to be worth it. We're going to roll it back because then you're the book burner. You're the hate, hater. You're the, you're the bigot, just like the books in the elementary schools, right? They can put the books in. The minute you try to take them out, then it's a big civil rights issue. You have to prove that you're not doing it out of some form of hate and you are the one to get hit pieces written on you. Or maybe the FBI tells the National School Board Advisory Agency to write them a letter to justify their investigating you as a terrorist. Maybe you get arrested. It's like once these things go into place, there's no undoing them. Once these measures get activated to oppose them, it's then deemed to be hateful and a terrorist action. And the powers that be will do everything they can uh, to destroy you. So tolerance is old-fashioned. We've, we've, you have taught us. You, have ta- you people have taught us that we can't trust you. We can't just assume that you have anybody's best interest in mind. We understand now. That does it like it really doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter to you if you die in a, a fiery plane crash or if your kid gets sexually assaulted while in, in the middle school bathroom or if your toddler gets assaulted in the locker room at the YMCA. Like none of that matters to them. And yet they call you the hateful one for just trying to get some some semblance of reality back into the way things go it's really across the board and we'll go to we'll go to some videos here on the other side that helped illustrate this farther but everybody needs to be needs to be stepping up their game everybody needs to be understanding the world that we now live in the power and the purpose and the agenda of those in charge what they intend to do it do to it how it affects you you want to beat the new world order you want to stop their globalist agenda well so do i and i've been the most effective individual in the fight against the globalist and i've got their number and i know how to bring them down but ladies and gentlemen i can't do it without your support and the good news is we're only under about two hundred thousand dollars a month the bad news is the enemy is intensifying their attacks on every front, but I'm not going to back down. And I'll never give up, but I could give out. So please keep me on the field. Keep me on the front lines against the enemy while getting great products at the same time that will empower you and your family. InfoWarsStore.com for the best supplements and more. Or just make a straight donation, big red banner at the top of InfoWarsStore.com, and that way all the money goes towards the fight, not part of it going towards product cost. But I thank you all for your support. Please commit now to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get great products and make donations. I thank you for your support. Now take action. The globalists are counting on you not taking action. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers. That the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. 
And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back folks uh, i guess i have a correction to make the crew uh just informed me that the video that we showed at the uh, top of this hour uh, turned out to be a computer simulation should have known it was too good to be true the video of the two planes almost crashing that was not an actual video of the event uh, the event did take place and that was an accurate representation of what happened down to the to the millisecond they you know just programmed in the information that occurred and then came up with a computer simulation of it. Uh, the actual, the only video that actually came out of the event was a recording of the radar tracker at Austin Airport. And we can actually go to that video now. So here's the, here's the event as it happened, you know, live with the, with the radar uh, view. Let's watch. And uh, yeah, so there you can see the orange FedEx plane. Uh, within, yeah, a little under 100 feet before pulling up again, aborting the landing and avoiding the Southwest Airlines plane by yeah, about 75 feet. It gets down to about 75 feet there before taking off again. So the one on the right is the actual radar recording of the event. That's not a simulation. That's just a recording of the live radar reading while... On the left is, I guess, a uh, Microsoft, what is it called? Microsoft Flight Simulator version. So again, they, they just, they animated what actually happened. But it wasn't a real video, so. Correction, not a real video, but yes, a real occurrence. Yes, that's exactly how it happened and what it looked like. Near miss, could have been hundreds of people dead, could have been a major catastrophe. But it was avoided thanks to the quick thinking of the uh, FedEx pilot. <laughs> so, yeah. Just think about that next time you get on an airplane or vote Democrat. Uh, let's go to your phone calls now. Joe in the USA wants to talk about the attack on the children. Thanks for calling in. Joe, you're on the air. Hey, Harrison. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. All right. Shout out for X2 first. But, um... Yeah, there were a couple terms when I was younger that were common. They were uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor and, uh, I guess, being exhibitionistic. Mm. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah, so so I don't understand how uh, putting men in women's and girls' locker rooms, like everything you were saying, um, giving kids transsexual surgeries when they're kids, that's not contributing to the delinquency of a minor? Or even just like showing them pornography in elementary school, and just like you, just like you said, the books and everything. They so what is contributing to the delinquency of a minor? Maybe some of our politicians can 
can define that for me because obviously that's what's going on. I mean, sure, there's gay people and all, but I guess regardless, gay or straight, it becomes rape to a certain point um, when you become too exhibitionistic. I mean, things are just completely out of control. And while all these geniuses are at it, maybe they can lower the uh, gambling age to 18. I mean, why not? Uh, well, I'd actually kind of be in favor. <laughs> I'd kind of be in favor of that. But uh, no, no, your, your, your point's very well taken. And yeah, it's, it's this weird um, like overlay, like the liberal overlay – like as if morality, just like they believe truth is subjective, uh, morality is subjective to them. If some dude comes up to your little kid in the park and exposes himself, you're not going to be confused or conf- conflicted about that occurrence. It's going to be very obvious. That was an attack. That was an assault on your child, an assault on their innocence. Now, I've, I've talked about it before, but, you know, so if it's in a park, it's assault, it's exposure, it's a crime but because it's in a locker room it's somehow fine so it's actually it's good then and you're the bad one for opposing it they there's no there's no moral groundwork here there's no framework or principles that they can stand on it's it's just about deconstructionism and really what it's at its base like actually pushed by is like a a real hatred of innocence it's very strange but that's that's what it is. Like, you know, I, I heard that back in uh, when Austin was starting to implement the gender neutral, whatever sex education here, and there was a group of parents and grandparents protesting it and opposing it, and they were shouted down and really not even allowed to have their say because there was one, you know, castrated chin, transgender dude there just shouting them down. And literally saying to me, like, we we hate your innocence. We we will, you know, your little children won't be innocent anymore. You won't be able to keep them from us. And, like, so people who literally cannot and will not ever have children somehow have a greater say over what's taught to children than the parents of those children. And then they themselves just have this, like, seething hatred of the idea of innocence, the idea of virtue and, and like unspoiled children, children that are just, you know, where that state of happy ignorance is maintained for as long as possible. I mean, there's no reasoning with it. There's no, no decent morality behind it. It's like, um, I don't even like talking about this stuff, but at one point I was watching an interview from like the eighties, like way back when Porn was still illegal, but it was some guy that was like pushing it to to be legal. And they're literally openly just like, well, our favorite is when we get like a good Catholic girl. Nothing like seeing a, a formerly innocent, you know, virtuous Catholic girl just being, you know, destroyed on film. And it's just like, what is wrong with you people? Like it's it's about seeing something beautiful and pure and innocent and just for some reason, something in their heart just hates it and just wants to destroy it, wants to – expose it to the evils of the world and humiliate it it's just there's no reasoning with it it's just a spiritual malaise that uh, they're infected with and it's disgusting uh thank you for the call joe let's go to uh cory cory you're a pilot in oklahoma you say you have inside knowledge of a flight uh, near miss thanks for calling in cory you're on the air hey harrison thanks for taking my call hey i was just going to call about the uh, southwest and the fedex um so 
what happened basically was what, what people don't know that morning, um, unless if you're there and saw what happened on the actual weather conditions, it was freezing fog and it was reported that the visibility was decreasing down to one eighth of a mile. So that representation from the actual simulated uh, thing that you guys showed earlier is completely inaccurate. They did yeah. not see each other until he was less than 100 feet. So the actual horizontal uh, separation was approximately 1,000 feet. But the vertical, that is calibrated on the ADSB, which is surveillance. So it was less than 75 feet actual um, you know, from, from one plane to another. Right. So, it, I mean, it was way closer than what people are saying. And at traveling at those speeds and losing vertical separation, it should have never happened, especially at an airport like that. Um, I, I can almost guarantee you the guy was fired. If not, he's put on leave for a very long time and probably, you know, going to a Class D airport uh, that handles a lot less traffic. Um, it should have never got to that, but I just wanted to kind of clear the air on that for you. If you have a minute, I'd like to ask you a few questions about this since you have uh, the knowledge. Maybe you have the answers. If you don't mind, stay on the line, Corey. We'll come back to you and uh, get, get some more information about this near miss. The cavalry has arrived. Ultimate bone broth is the strongest, highest quality chicken-based bone broth you're going to find with all of the effects for your joints, your bones, your muscles, your heart, but more importantly, your immune system. Everybody knows about grandma and chicken broth. Well, this is concentrated chicken broth, the strongest out there with chaga mushroom and a whole bunch of other ingredients like turmeric. The list goes on and on. This is definitely the strongest, best bone broth out there and your purchase supports the Info War a 360 win. If you've not experienced bone broth, and even the regular ones have great effects, believe me, you want to get InfoWars Life Ultimate Bone Broth at InfoWarsTore.com. Now, it'll take an hour to tell you all the great stuff about it. Just go to InfoWarsTore.com, read the facts there, and then order some, and you can't lose. It's nutritive, it empowers your body, it's great for your immune system, bones and joints, and it funds the InfoWar. So, Ultimate Bone Broth, now back in stock at InfoWarsTore.com for 25% off. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Just a few days ago, planes at Austin Airport came within about 75 feet of colliding with one another due to uh, a mistake made by the air traffic controller directing them. Apparently, a disaster only avoided the very last second by the FedEx pilot who pulled up. Uh, speculation is the Southwest airline uh, pilot didn't even know. I mean, they must have heard, heard it fly over. It had to have been loud, but... Uh, it was very close. It was very, and this isn't the only close call in the last month or so. There's another one at JFK. Southwest Airlines and FedEx jets involved in Saturday's near miss in Austin came within 100 feet of each other. And you can tell if we play the um, radar version again, you can actually see where it lists the altitude of both planes. One plane it has listed at 10 feet while on the ground, right? Because the radar radar receiver is about. I guess it was just taken off there because it starts at one foot. But there you can see the FedEx plane gets down to about 77 feet before 
starting to bank upwards again. We have a caller, Corey, who's a pilot from Oklahoma. Corey, I mean, what do you – and I've listened to the audio of this, and, and we can show it for people, but you know, it's about a, a minute long, and it's mostly just codes. I mean, you've heard air traffic controllers. It's If you don't know their, their language, it's really hard to understand. But there was no instance of, like, panic. There was no, like, uh, abort, abort, you know, pull, pull up. Like, there was nothing like that. So there's no communication from this. So to me, that means the pilot himself just saw what was going on and pulled up, but he wasn't, he was never told not to. And you can actually hear in the recording, he like tells the FedEx plane to land. The FedEx plane's like, all right, I'm going to land. Then he tells the Southwest plane, okay, you can take off from that same runway. I mean, to you, was, is, was this just quick reaction by the FedEx pilot? I mean, does that explain how we avoided this disaster? Yeah, I would have to say, definitely agree with you on that. But like, you know, just going back to staffing is there was no, you know, from the air traffic controller, there was no input on that. And if you go back even further on the audio tape, the FedEx pilot asked him again if he was cleared to land. He was reconfirming. And, you know, you can tell just by the tone of his voice, he was questioning. He's like, they're clearing me to land. We're less than two miles out. But there's a Southwest that hasn't even begun to roll yet. I mean, you know, typically for you know, an airplane departing as a 737 out of Austin, you know, it typically takes the takeoff rolls about 45 seconds. And, you know, at, at that rate, you know, you're going much faster than uh, you, you're going to overtake the aircraft on the runway at that point. But right. uh, yeah, there was, there was no air traffic control. I don't, I don't know what, obviously what he was doing. So we'll have to wait for the official investigation. But like I said earlier before the break there, I mean, it definitely should have not even gotten to this, uh, but, like you said, it's a good thing FedEx, uh, you know, kind of stepped in and took control. As he said, you know, he's like, we're on the go, which means he's going around. So, uh, but luckily, it looked like from what I can see on the radar data that he sidestepped the runway, which basically, you know, gave him the Southwest pilot, you know, just the, the space that he needed. But uh, according to the, you know, the original report, I'll just read it to you really quick. It says, at its lowest point, FedEx 1432 sent an out altitude value of 75 feet mm-hmm. it is important to note that a limitation related to the adsb altitude which is the surveillance broadcasting that's in the airplane to show the altitude and speed and whatnot uh, it was showed that um, that it was uh, mean sea level msl which is calibrated at the standard atmospheric pressure it is not the height of the aircraft above the ground so like i was mm-hmm. saying earlier these are just calibrated values so you know, the actual, you know, airspeed and altimeter and stuff like that, the actual distance was much closer. And I don't, obviously, we don't know how close it was because they were reporting less than the eighth of a mile visibility. And as you know, if you stand outside in the morning with fog that thick, you can't see 80, 100 feet. So it'll be very interesting to see what the final uh, report is. But like I said earlier, this the guy that was up there, I can promise you he's not there, and he either got fired or he got sent to a very small airport. But Yeah, uh, uh, as of now, they're not releasing what actually happened with them, the, the information we have. So there were 128 people on board the Southwest Airlines uh, flight. They say that we're really digging into the communications between air traffic control, Southwest FedEx, especially in relation to weather issues, uh, both the federal – Aviation Administration and NTSB, an independent agency, are probing the event. 
uh, it's not the only near miss that's occurred in recent months. In January, an American Airlines flight crossed ahead of a Delta Airlines flight at John F. Kennedy International Airport, an incident that the NTSB continues to investigate. In that case, both aircraft were within about 1,400 feet of each other. Hominy said, but JFK's air traffic controllers were able to take action based on technology that the airport has equipped that tracks ground level movements of aircraft and vehicles on the ground of an airport. Uh, Austin apparently doesn't have this technology. Correct. And uh, yeah, I don't see uh, it's, it's elsewhere in this article, but they basically said that they're not they're not saying what um, what's been done with the air traffic controller. They're they're not announcing what has happened with him. But I would I would hope that he was. At least taken off the job for a little bit. Well, uh, thank you for um, for calling in and clarifying some things for us. I, I mean, to you, is this? Are we reading too much into this, or is this like symptomatic? Is this happening more often, or are we just noticing it more often, or does this always happen and we just don't notice it? I mean, do you have any sense as to like whether this is part of a trend, or if this was just a one-off and it was bad weather and just a, a concurrence of bad events? Any reading on that as a pilot? Yeah, so yeah, I've, I've been flying for a little over 20 years. I mean, it, it does happen, but um, this year it's definitely on the rise. Um, I, I, I can tell it's from, as you can see, anywhere you go, it's from, you know, short staffing. People are working longer hours, they're more fatigued, they can't make a decision that impacts people's livelihood uh, in, a, in a reasonable amount of time. So with that being said, yes, it's definitely on the trend, you know, up, you know, up on the trend uh, in terms of more accidents or incidents. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's sad to see. And uh, I, I really hope, you know, even with pilots, you know, just, just the fatigue that pilots have to go through um, that they have to deal with on a daily basis, you know, commuting several hours to their hub to fly another airplane. And, you know, sometimes you put in 18-hour days, um, you know, from leaving the house to getting to the hotel it's it's rough so hopefully um you know going forward they'll look at this and see what happened in jfk also and hopefully they'll start putting more tighter uh you know restrictions on how long people can work a certain amount of time without taking a break yeah it'd be, that would be a good start let me ask you one one last question in, in terms of time um because again it's like you know this fedex pilot I don't know if you've ever have like been in like almost been in a car accident or like at one point I was driving on ice and like it spun out and it was like very close to a disaster. But then you just like keep driving. And you're like nothing happened. I guess I'm OK. And your adrenaline's pumping. Like I'm sure the FedEx driver, I mean, he saves 128 lives and then just like goes around and lands again. And like nobody even knows that it happened. It must have been a crazy experience. Right. Do you know how like how quickly he had to react? Like uh, in sense of time, we know it was less than 100 feet in sense of time. Any. Uh, guess as to like if he hadn't noticed in three seconds it would have been a disaster in in uh, in in terms of time how close were we to a disaster sure if if i had to time it right based off of their airspeed and values it would be less than four tenths of a second that's how fast he probably disconnected the autopilot and banged it over to the left those quick reactions that the pilot does will not be recorded immediately from the adsb but you'll actually have to go back into the flight data recorder and pull the data from, you know, just the, the, the metrics from the G-meters and the accelerometers and stuff like that. So, like Holy I said, I, I would say three-tenths to four-tenths of a second reaction time, which is just phenomenal. So, a huge kudos to the FedEx crew that, uh, that avoided that. Seriously, man, he should be... 
should be celebrated. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for the call, Corey. Yeah. That, that was that was thank awesome. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, we're, we'll go back to your phone calls on the other side, folks. We have a couple more people calling in about this topic, about Ukraine, about CBDCs. We'll get into all of it and so much more. We got whistleblower documents coming out of transgender hospitals and a number of other stuff that we're going to get into today. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com to support everything that we do here. And just uh, while we're on the topic, we had a train explode and poison all of Ohio. We can't seem to get food on our shelves. Transportation, if it's a a metric, I mean, we got a symptom of something bad. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. I've got some good news, ladies and gentlemen. After over two years of being sold out, Ultimate Bone Broth is now back in stock and updated even stronger at InfoWarsStore.com. Concentrated bone broth from chickens, chaga mushroom, and so many other amazing ingredients like turmeric and bee pollen. Learn about the effects and what it does for your body at InfoWarsStore.com because it is the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. The the bone broth. The, The bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. What in the world? But now with the milk, I was like, whoa, this has milk in it. Whoa. It tastes like good. Damn, this tastes so good. Mm. Tastes like the best milkshake ever. The best milkshake ever. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. Like good. InfoWars. 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 Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Alright, welcome back, folks. Let's go to your phone calls now. We've got Josh in FEMA Region 8. I'm sorry, but the Ukraine connection. Thanks for calling in, Josh. You are on the air soon. You'll soon be on. There you go. Uh, thanks for calling in, Josh. Hey, yeah. Uh, good morning, Harrison. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the Ukraine-Wuhan connection, uh, this whole argument of where it came out of, why not both? <laughs> uh, you can just look at the man, Nathan Wolf. He's the guy that actually went to go find the original SARS in the early 2000s, and he worked in Metabiota and uh, part of the whole global uh, search for SARS and everything. And he's worked with Boris Nikolic, uh for, like, the vaccine and helped everything. And he's one of the top guys that never gets talked about. And he is just the connection that people need to make from Wuhan and Ukraine. And that's the whole point of, like, Putin being over there is, like, a huge deal and why they fight so hard over there. 
And actually, if you actually look at like Putin during the pandemic, he was so bunkered up that he knew it was a bioweapon mm. and everything. Like you go watch these videos of him getting sprayed down, going through like two tunnels, getting sprayed down and just being in the Kremlin by himself. And I think that's a huge part of the whole attack over there and what they're trying to hide that and then the currency. Right. And then also, of course, they they do already have um, viruses. Um, God only knows if they've been released or not, but they can actually, you know, tune viruses to specific DNA so they can infect somebody close to you and it doesn't actually infect them. It doesn't actually they don't show any symptoms, but they're able to carry it and transmit it to somebody who has the right DNA signature that it will then kill. So, I mean, there's a reason that, yeah, people like Putin are paranoid about that type of stuff. But yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, again, it's it's just impossible to, and even in, in three hours a day, like just to to draw all these connections, to draw the lines together, how all of these things are so intimately intertwined. And then, you know, then you've got the cover up, and on top of that, you know, so that means that a whole another layer of collusion is going on. And then the way the media talks about it is another layer of collusion. I mean, it really is a like a, pyra- a pyramid structure just stack upon stack upon stack of corrupt actors all working together in a very sophisticated but kind of obvious way. But, yeah, very good point, Josh. Thank you so much for that call. Let's go to Bart in Georgia. I want to talk about airline safety related to the vaccine at this time. This has been the big concern recently as uh, pilots are more likely to suffer from blood clots anyway just because of their job sitting around a lot. The change in atmosphere can have uh, cardiological effects. Thanks for calling in. Bart, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Airline safety has been degenerating since the beginning of the VAX mandate, along with the power grid, which is another story. I really want to know what the vaccine uh, status of this airline, uh, the air traffic controller, because this vaccine, it destroys the body, but it also fries people's brains. Right. What do you think? That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't hadn't thought about that, because when I think about the vaccines, when it comes to flying, I think about uh, pilots, but I, I can almost guarantee you the guy was vaccinated. Right? I mean, I think they all are. I think that was one of the one of the you know uh, outlets of the federal government that mandated the vaccine. So I can almost guarantee the guy was vaxxed. I don't know if that had to do with it, but it's a, it's a uh, it's an interesting thought, Bart. And you know, you just have to wonder if we'll ever get to the bottom of it because just like you know, we talked about with Loudoun County, like if something happened like it doesn't matter what the victims are it doesn't matter in this case it was a close call but even if 128 people died you know it's likely the people in charge would have preferred to hide the reality about what brought that situation about therefore setting the stage for it to perhaps happen again or you know something similar to happen down the future uh, down the line uh, then admit that you know maybe one of their policies led to the creation of that situation so again just like the transgender situation they literally oh your kid got raped we're not going to report it to the police we're going to hide it we're going to allow it to literally happen again because the exact same kid did the exact same thing again in Loudoun County so literally they're willing to victimize more people because to admit that it was their policies that brought about the situation would mean they'd have to adjust their policies and they're not willing to do that. So if this guy was a diversity hire or if he was suffering from some sort of vaccine side effect, they're likely to disguise and hide and bury that fact because they'd rather let 128 people come within four tenths of uh, four tenths of a second of dying than admit that they're wrong. These are the people that we're dealing with. Thank you so much for the call, Bart. Let's go to Rick in Texas. You want to talk about the United States of America? 
I like that topic. Thanks for calling in. Rick, you're on the air. Hey, Harrison. How's it going, man? Good, thank you. Hey, I want to thank you personally for focusing on the big picture. I think I talked to you once before when Ben Laurentiis was on, and I was asking you, uh, telling you about my song, Freedom for Humanity. And, you know, I just want to thank you for focusing on the big picture of that. You know, because if you think about it, the USA is the example of freedom, right? Mm -hmm. For all people around the world. So I think it's just a, a good thing that you're focusing on. And I personally just want to thank you for that because I don't hear nobody saying that. And um, so well, I got the you. song on YouTube. Yeah, I finally got it on there. But it's just a, um, it's not a video. It's just a song. It's a black screen. It's four minutes and 15 seconds long. But I made a shorter version of it. But I just wanted to thank you for doing that, for saying that and staying focused on that big picture because I think it's important. Well, th thank you. I just, I just feel like that's, that's my job. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad, um, I, you know, I'm glad it's coming across because, you know, we could, you know, spend the entire time getting into like tit for tat in the federal government of Congress, people going after each other. We could, you could dig down on one particular thing, but like at Infowars, you know, I feel like it's my job just to like aggregate all of that and try to put it all in place. I, you know, I was talking about the, the constellations, right? We've got all these little data points, but what's the wider picture that they're creating? And only when you really zoom out to all of that, can you see like where all of this is going, what the point of all of it is. It's easy to get lost. if you just focus on one thing and don't realize how it connects to everything else. So uh, I, tr I tried to explicitly do that. I'm glad it comes across. Thank you so much for that call, Rick. Uh, let's go to uh, Ken in Mississippi. Now line number 11, uh, Ken, you work at a or worked at a cricket farm. Crickets being grown for meat replacement. Interesting stuff, Ken. Thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, essentially, it didn't start out as a cricket farm for the food. It was originally run by a gentleman whose main idea was fishing. Uh, as he got up into age a few years ago decided he wanted to retire he put the farm up for for rent and the people that decided to rent it are super trans they're like a globalist wet dream type of people and they are being funded by these secret and i know this sounds crazy but secret investors that have just oodles and oodles of money though the cricket farm in and of itself currently gets a blank check every so often to uh, support itself. And then the money from the profits of the cricket farm itself are going into all the uh, far left liberal ideology programs, such as the uh, pushing of the transgender books in schools and everything like that. So, but essentially you know, I tell people about this all the time. Nobody believes me. You guys are one of the main ones talking about the move to eating the bugs. And I just want to let everybody know that's real. It's already happening. It's already in your food. Most of the stores that you can go to, especially stores like Walmart, it's already in your hamburger, it's already in your potato chips. It's already in just about anything that you buy. It's like Walmart brand. Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah, already and they, got and they, a certain percentage of, of the cricket powder in it. Right, and they'll they'll call it weird things. Um, I, you know, legally they they don't have to go. This has insect meat, and we know the problems with it with the insect meat, the proteins that the human body can't, uh, the the chitin, all that sort of stuff. Like it's just not healthy. It's just not good. I mean, the story that you just told is so emblematic. It's so it's so typical, isn't it? You've got a plant that formerly made food for like fish or like pet lizards, right? And maybe you sold crickets to to pet stores to feed to lizards or to uh, fishing shops right. to catch fish, then it uh, gets taken over by a far leftist who uses, as you put it, oodles of money, limitless money from investment firms in New York. Who So they don't need to make a profit. They don't need to actually find customers to sell their product to. They can run at a loss because they're having their coffers filled by your money, your retirement funds, right, that the banks then repackage and sell to one another and then reinvest in stuff like this. And they continue to keep their ESG score high by donating some of the money that they got stolen from you to them to, you know, support the far left uh, ideology. It's... It is a sick system that we're trapped in, a cycle that we've just got to break out from. Thank you for that call, Ken. More of your calls on the other side. We'll do the third hour of American Journal in about a minute, 30 seconds. Stay with us. Mark Twain, one of America's greatest writers and satirists in minds, famously said more than 150 years ago, rumors of his demise had been greatly exaggerated because the newspapers kept saying he died decades before he did die. And it's the same PSYOP today. InfoWars is more influential and more powerful than ever because of your support and because of the facts that what we've covered is coming true. But if they can convince you we've been shut down, if they can convince you that we're going away and you stop supporting, you stop spreading the word, then they do win. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one group of people that can shut down InfoWars, and that's you, the viewers and listeners. If you decide we're done, we're done. If you decide to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get supplements and books and films and t-shirts and so much more, we will stay on the air indefinitely. It is all in your hands. So thanks for your support. Stand up against the globalists. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and keep us on air. It's up to you. 